Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail those questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here's Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing in our study of the epistles of John. We're in 1 John chapter 4, and we're at verse 4. Allow me to begin reading verse 1 through 6, as we did previously, so we can once again get our study underway today. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist, whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They are of the world, therefore they speak of the world, and the world heareth them. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. J. Allen Blair, a former director of Glad Tidings Broadcast uh, and uh, quite a preacher and pastor in his day, wrote a devotional study on the epistles of John. And one of the comments that he made about it was that during its short history, The infant church had gone through many storms, uncertainty, misunderstanding, persecution, false teaching, confused and perplexed. Some believers even doubted their salvation. John had written his gospel, that's the gospel of John, for unbelievers, that they might believe and be saved. He wrote his epistles to believers that they might know they are saved and how to live confidently in that knowledge. And that was one reason why he titled his study, a devotional study, on the epistles of John as Living Confidently. And so here in verses 4 and following, we see that God has given us the greater spirit, the Holy Spirit, God himself, God the Holy Spirit, to live within us so that we are indeed understanding what is being done in the world around us, and we can understand it, we can discern it, and we don't have to fall for it. Verse 6, we are of God, he that knoweth God heareth us, he that is not of God heareth not us. That's the false teachers, and that's those that would lead us astray. 
Hereby know we the Spirit of truth and the Spirit of error. Since God's word and the truth of God's word is a divider of men, we know that those who hear what we have to say are of God. Paul wrote to the Corinthians, For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 1.18 False teachers see the preaching of the cross as being unreasonable. They won't teach the blood sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross at Calvary. But for those of us who have come to faith in Christ and have experienced the new life in Christ, it's a message of victory and blessing, and we can, um, we can call out hallelujah, glory be to God, thank you Jesus, because of what Christ has done for us. Quite honestly, there's little room for compromise as a Christian living for Christ. We're either for Christ or we're against him. And this is what John is giving us in these six verses. We have complete separation from unbelief, or we are not following Christ. However, in this day and age, we see some of those who profess to follow Christ mingling with those who boldly assert error. They're in churches that don't believe the truth doctrinally. The the elders and the pastor don't believe it, but they stay because their parents were there or their grandparents or their great-grandparents. And that's mingling those, mingling with those who assert error and trying to stay within the bounds of that congregation. But the call is clear to everyone who is faithful to Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 6 Verses 17 and 18. Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Let me read it again. Wherefore, that is because of the false teachers in certain groups, wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. So those of us who love the Lord are to be separated unto God. We are placed unto God in a separated situation away from those who are unfaithful. We are to be faithful and take a bold stand against all that is false. 1 Corinthians chapter 16 verse 13 says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong. And this is what we're learning here in these first six verses. You see, the ability to discern doctrinal truth from error is an evidence of genuine salvation. It's an evidence of the indwelling of God the Holy Spirit. John warned that believers should not be gullible, but they should test what they hear. A proper definition of Christ's person is a key essential, perhaps the key essential, to doctrinal orthodoxy. A genuine believer will be able to sense the voice of God 
in the messages of men. Now we continue in verse 7, Beloved, and he's back to Beloved again. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God, and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man hath seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and his love is perfected in us. That's verses 7 through 12. You know, the tactics of our enemy are subtle most of the time. And we know that our enemy is always around us. There's not a time that he's let up. Even when we sleep, he's busy. And so you would think that those of us who follow Christ would unite in the common cause to proclaim the truth and resist false teaching, but that's not the case. The family of God is, div is divided. We're divided into hundreds of factions. Many seek to advance their own fancies and whims, but God's plan still holds good. Behold how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity, Psalm 133.1. We need to be unified in telling the truth of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit prompted the Apostle John to emphasize strongly the necessity of love. And one could say it's because of the foreknowledge of God in seeing all the splits and schisms and all of that sort of thing. True believers need to be bound together in one body in defense of the truth, sincerely devoted to each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. Here he starts out again, as I said, with the word beloved. Let us love one another. This exhortation is so needed. Let us love one another for love is of God. It's impossible for us to love everyone, or is it? Can you love everyone? God does, but he's God, right? Absolutely. So, is it really possible for a believer to love everybody? Well, because of God being the one that strengthens us, the answer was, was yes, because God is love. Now, if we're trying to do it on our own, you can't. We couldn't do that. You see, each of us received the gift of God's love at the time we came to faith in Christ. Romans 5.5 5 said it this way, The love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. If love were our, of our own making, it would fail. But since our Lord Jesus Christ is the source of love, 
He pours it out to his people, not to be stored up like a treasure, but to be used in our relationships with each other. Now, twice before in our study thus far, John has stressed the fact that love is a strong proof of one's relationship to Christ. Every man that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. He returns to this thought. No one can truly love Christ who is hating his or her neighbor. If one says he's a believer and bearing a grudge, he needs to examine himself and see if his profession is real. It's important for us to be real. We must be transparent. And if we are in Christ, we should live as if we're in Christ. And we should love one another. John has declared many times that God is love. The Bible teaches that God is other things as well, but we understand that his nature is always love. It can never be changed. It is God's nature. And only a God of love could do what he has done for each one of us. The love of God well, let's read the scripture. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, verse 9, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. True love always demands expression. It's got to be proven, it's got to be shown, it's got to be seen, it's got to be manifested. And God the Father proved his love for us by the giving of his Son to die for our sins. The ultimate result of the Lord's supreme sacrifice was that we might live through him. Notice, we are living through Christ. When Jesus Christ becomes a reality in our life, the same love that made possible his sacrifice will give us the ability to live in a manner that will truly honor him. And we'll be like Christ. We'll not only be honoring and loving the lovely, but we'll be honoring and loving the unlovely as well. Even those that had sinned against him, he forgave and forgave quickly. He cleansed them from their sin. And so we've got to love as he loves. We've got to love as Christ loves. We have to do so if we're going to live through Christ. Think about the Apostle Paul. Uh, after his conversion on the road to Damascus, he was breathing out threatenings and slaughter as he was converted. The church feared this prosecutor who was a persecutor. And he was under the control of Satan, or at least certainly appeared to be so. But the Spirit of the Lord opened his eyes to the truth, and this Saul of Tarsus, who hated Christians, became one of them. He wrote in 1 Corinthians 13 the magnificent presentation of the power and effect of the very love of God. That's the love chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. What about Peter? 
on the eve of the Lord's crucifixion, he was angry, waved his sword in the air, struck at the servant's head, and cut off the man's ear. Most commentators say he was aiming for the neck to cut off the head, but instead he just cut off the ear. But when you read Peter's epistles, you can see that he's experienced a miraculous change. He said this in 1 Peter 2, 1-3, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may grow thereby, if so be ye have tasted that the Lord is gracious. You see, Peter surrendered to Christ, and he discovered the reality of what it was like to live through him, to live through Christ. What about uh, the time when John the Apostle, the one who's writing this epistle, called for fire from heaven to consume the Samaritans? You remember that? And then later on, of course, he's known as the Apostle of Love. What do you think happened? Christ happened. Christ's love knows no measure or limits to those who live through him. Left to the control of ourselves and our sinful flesh, we'll fail. We'll fail miserably. But if we depend upon Jesus Christ completely, all traces of hatred can be removed permanently. Permanently. There's a story that's been told about John Fawcett. Several generations ago, hundreds, uh, hundred years plus ago, hundreds of years now, there lived a faithful man of God. His name was John Fawcett. He pastored a small congregation in Yorkshire, England. One Sunday he announced that he felt directed to accept a call to a much larger church in London. Later, he preached his farewell sermon. Several weeks afterward, as his furniture and belongings were being loaded on the six wagons that were being used for the move, practically his entire congregation of men, women, and children stood around the little house in tears. When Mrs. Fawcett saw this, she said to her husband, John, I cannot bear this. I know not where to go. Nor I, replied John, nor will we go. Unload the wagons and put everything back. John Fawcett informed the congregation in London, that big congregation, that it was impossible for him to come. He's the writer of this hymn, Blessed be the tie that binds our hearts in Christian love. The fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above. There's never been a time in the history of the church, never been a time in your history or my history, never been a time in the history of our nation or in the history of the world when we have not needed a greater measure of God's love. We can't look to somebody else and expect them to have God's love and to do something about it. We're going to have to examine our own hearts. We need the Lord to cleanse us of every trace of hatred, every trace of dislike, every, uh, every trace of loathing, and for him to fill us with Christ's love. If you have a, a feeling of ill toward another brother or sister in Christ, you need to seek forgiveness. You need to take care of it. 
if there is any division or dissension in believers as we try to work together, the work of God will be hindered. And so we must never overlook the price that was paid by Jesus Christ so that we could experience God's love. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Having been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, we are God's ambassadors to bear the message of God's love to all the world. If we who are Christians are not mastered by Calvary's love, how can we expect to reach a lost world that's filled with hate? The gospel which has as its foundation the love of God must be proclaimed in love. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is the Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bumpville, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible Class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.